Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. I'm your host, Jenna Filipkowski. Today, we're featuring the seventh of eight podcasts in partnership with SAP Success Factors. Each features an expert in the field of HR, and we'll explore some of the most pressing issues facing talent management today. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome our guests. We have Kirsten Allegri-Williams and Ruslan Tobulatov, who are going to share their latest thinking and the importance of the human revolution in HR and business. So Kristen is a Chief Marketing Officer at SAP Success Factors, and she's recognized by the internationalists as a top 50 top marketer for outstanding achievements in modern marketing. And she's also a two-time recipient of SAP's Marketing Most Valuable Player in North America. Kirsten, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jenna. I'm so thrilled to be here. And I'd also like to take this opportunity to introduce Ruslan Tabulatov. He's the founding member and head of corporate product and marketing and partnerships at Thrive Global, which is a health and wellness startup launched by Ariana Huffington. Ruslan joined Thrive following a career at Google, which he led video product commercialization for YouTube, launched a media agency team, and co-founded the Google Brand Lab. Glad you're here with us today, Bruce. Great to be here, Jenna. Thanks. So I'm going to start for both of you with a very broad but very important question. What is the human revolution and what's so different today than in the past? Kirsten, if you want to get us started. Yeah, thank you so much, Jenna. And, you know, we couldn't be at a more critical time in thinking about how we're dealing with unprecedented change in the workplace today. You know, businesses everywhere continue to be disrupted by social change, globalization, and the impact of new technologies. And there's this constant need to adapt amidst all of this incredible volatility as well as acceleration. And we developed the concept of the human revolution because we believe that to thrive in this new world, we need to tap into our collective humanity. And we really believe that HR, human resources, is going to be at the heart of this transformation. And this is what we call the human revolution. And we believe it's really revolutionizing the function of HR. Um, You know, HR leaders will need to rethink their function in order to lead the people strategy for their business. And so, you know, some of these forces at play include you know, the fourth industrial revolution. You know, this is where this hyper-connectedness in which the Internet of Things meets the smart factory, and it really blurs the line between, you know, what's on our screens and what's in and out of our day-to-day world. It's about big data. So success in this human revolution isn't about just accessing the big data. It's also about what's going to make us truly intelligent and resilient. And this also factors into this concept of a distributed workforce. You know, as we think about how the world digitizes, how businesses are evolving, this creates a new dynamic in how people can access and participate in the digital economy. So we have to think about the role of technology in creating and managing a new workforce by creating more of an open, connected platform where people all over the world have the ability to participate with the freedom and confidence that they can be a part of tackling some of the big challenges we face today. There's also a big piece around the human revolution on this concept of the path between burnout and resilience. And when you think about how 
96% of senior leaders report feeling burnt out today and that 87% of employees worldwide are not fully engaged at work, we talk a lot about how companies can get this lost resource back. And by finding these practical ways of, of renewal and recharging and resilience is so important. There's also the, the concept of inclusion and in that you know, diversity just simply isn't enough. We have to make sure that everybody is included in the workplace. And, um, you know, as in this age where we're bringing in new technology like artificial intelligence, that means, you know, how do we design this technology without bias? Um, and making sure that technology affords us an ability to, to create those human connections, you know, both online and offline. And, you know, finally around that role on recruitment, retention, and purpose. And, um, you know, 78% of millennials uh, in the U.S. today want to work for a company that blends the value creation with the purpose they believe in. So we also know that, you know, companies that have a clear purpose and a way to communicate are going to be the ones who actually attract and retain the best talent. So that's a little bit about the human revolution and, you know, the role we believe HR is going to play because, what businesses need today is all about the success of their people. And that's why the, the partnership we have with Thrive Global is so incredible. Um, you know, we're really focusing on bringing these important messages to life through this thought leadership platform of the human revolution, but also how that translates into really practical steps that we all can take that are really enabled by technology, and that's what we've done together with our work-life product um, that we've developed jointly with SAP Success Factors and Thrive Global. So lots to unpack here today. Super excited to get into the discussion. Yeah, and of all those macro trends, you know, as Kirsten mentioned, the thing that really allows businesses to differentiate amongst them is by putting humans at the center. And so everything that we do uh, the key to the human revolution is how do we allow enterprises to fundamentally shift the employee experience by putting people at the center of it all. And this is not just a nice to have, this is becoming a must have. You see what's happened in the past year alone, where you have the largest institutional investors in the world, like BlackRock, basically saying that they're going to divest from businesses that don't put people at the same level as profit. Um, and they don't put, you know, purpose at the same level as profit. And it's a, it's an amazing shift. You saw industries starting to report, you know, sustainability metrics. And now you have this incredible shift where human capital reporting is on the forefront. Um, there's a petition out to the SEC to have businesses start reporting human capital metrics. Um, and they're taking it under very serious consideration because at the end of the day, Humanity is what's going to allow businesses to differentiate. If you think about all of the amazing things that technology is allowing um, and the technologies that SAP is providing to the workforce to automate and uh, create efficiency in the enterprise, at the end of the day, the things that we automate will free us up as humans to do the creative work, the innovation, the ability to see around corners, the ability to be empathetic, uh, to work across global teams, understand cultural nuances. Those are all uniquely human characteristics. And so for us, a part of the human revolution is to fundamentally shift the way that we run businesses 
we have almost solved the efficiency piece, but now we have to solve the human side of the equation. How do we make the most out of our employees and their creativity and, and, and empathy and all those things that I just mentioned? And a key component of that is something Kirsten and I talk a lot about, which is that employee experience is fundamentally the driver of the customer experience. And there's a lot of research to support this. There was a recent study in HBR that essentially drew a correlation that um, companies that had strong employee experience had four times the average profit and more than twice the average revenue of those who didn't. And that's not surprising at all to us because you think about the hospitality industry retail. If you find ways to allow people to bring their best selves to work, your customers are going to feel it. And then they're going to pay with their dollars as a, re as a result. So that's a key element of everything that we're talking about is technology is an incredible driver of efficiency of all the things that help businesses run uh, more effectively that SAP has done so well. And I think the next frontier is how do we now allow technology to augment humanity and put people at the center of the enterprise? That's so important from efficiency to humanity. I love that. Especially, I couldn't agree more about the point about employee experience driving the customer experience. And yes, the research does show that that's, that's very true. And thank you both for sharing some of the trends that are driving this human revolution. I know one of which is the millennial generation, for example, who are much more vocal about being purpose-driven when it comes to their work. And how does this, this need and, and their vocalization of it affect organizations? Yeah, I think the millennials are actually um, just a vocal part of what a lot of people actually feel in the enterprise. And um, it's interesting, you know, a lot of us being in this space, we all know the metrics around millennials, how important and influential they are purely by size, but also influence in organizations. Um, and also as businesses, you know, they're uh, such an important part of the, the target consumer, if you're in CPG or, or, or selling on any kind of goods. And so as you think about both the employee and the customer experience, it, it's really important to understand the mindset of, of the millennial. Uh, the other trend, though, that, that's really interesting here, and we hear this a lot, especially in the past year, is that it is definitely an employee-driven market right now. Uh, the unemployment rate is quite low. Uh, people, I just saw a headline on LinkedIn, you know, ghosting is becoming a thing. People are just not showing up to jobs because they can get one down the street or not showing up to interviews. And this is a new phenomenon. And what that's proving to, I think, us, and I, we've known this for a while. I came from Google, as you mentioned in my bio. This idea of creating more than a paycheck in the workplace is such a critical component of all of this. People aren't just showing up, especially the millennial generation, just to get a paycheck and go home and forget about it. And there are a number of reasons to unpack there. But what it comes down to is that we need to create as leaders in our organizations a meaning beyond the paycheck and to allow people to feel that. A lot of leaders have taken the first step of creating a purpose-driven organization. They articulate a purpose. They tell their people what they stand for, the mission statement. But there's a fundamental disconnect between what a company says its purpose is and whether people on a day-to-day -day feel connected to that purpose and whether people on the day-to-day -day feel like they have meaning in their work. And that's a large part of what we do at Thrive and we're doing together with SAP Success Factors. It's helping create the mindsets and the tools and technologies to allow people find meaning in their work. And this seems like a daunting task, but I'll give you just a one quick example. You know, we've run hundreds of workshops around the world. 
uh, in a live format. And one simple exercise we do that can fundamentally shift the way a call center worker, for example, thinks about their work is by asking three simple questions. What do you create? Who do you create it for? And why? If you think about those questions being asked in the call center environment, at first, you can imagine the person will say, I don't create anything. I'm just answering angry phone calls. But if you really get them to unpack and understand, well, maybe I'm creating customer happiness. And maybe that's creating value for the bank that I'm working at, the employer that I'm at, because I am creating a better customer experience. And all of a sudden, now I'm a valuable part of this team. And I'm creating this because it's important to the business. It's important to the person on the other line. And now I have meaning on a day-to-day basis in my work. And so all of these things sometimes, in the goal of creating efficiency, we sometimes forget the very small, what we call micro steps that can enable people to find the humanity in their work and to help people bring their best selves to work and find a connection to the meaning and purpose. Uh, A lot more to be said there, but those simple things, I think, are critical to what we do in helping not just millennials, and as we work more and more, every generation in the workforce find meaning because it can mean different things to every generation. And we are finding that Gen X and boomers need just as much help on these topics as millennials. They just happen to be the vocal ones that made us really take a step back and think about the employee experience and the human experience within the workplace. Bruce, you know, I love what you just said, and it's so important to include this concept of this, the multi-generational workforce and, and what that diversity of thought, you know, in addition to inclusion, um, you know, really brings to the table. And you said something that, you know, I'm really passionate about, which is that people experience really becomes the customer experience. And, you know, in an age where we have made it safe and even expect people to be able to bring their whole selves to work, we also have to make sure that we're caring for that whole self. Because when we do that, and in the example you just described, employees will pass on that resulting sense of happiness and fulfillment onto their customers. And when they don't do that, they'll pass on the opposite. And it's important as we think about this conversation, I'm a chief marketing officer um, and marketing, you know, and communications and the role of, of thinking about our messaging out externally in the market, never been more critical to engage your employees and your workforce in that discussion because your employees are going to be your brand ambassadors, whether you want them to be or not. So it's really um, incumbent on all of us to make sure that we're giving them great reasons to be great brand ambassadors, to make sure they have a great experience at work. Um, you know, a, a vast majority of messages on social come from the people they trust, from the people within their social networks. And in this age of transparency, the best way to build brand trust about your brand um, and, and what your company value proposition is about is actually to get your people to give them good reasons to be great brand advocates in their personal and professional network. So I I see as a marketer this incredible opportunity to partner even closer with the human resources um, leaders all over the world to ensure that that people strategy is a really big part of, you know, not only your corporate culture, but also how you're expressing your brand value out there in the market. 
Um, you know, so huge, huge opportunity there. And, you know, as we think about Ruth, you know, bringing the, um, the topic that you, you started with, which was on the concept of human capital and what we really mean by human capital in this age of high technology, it is specifically about redefining that term, which has been around in the industry for, for many, you know, many, many years. But it, now we're at a pivot point where we can think about not just the capital piece of the equation in terms of the ROI, but more about the humanity and how that humanity and the health of your talent and your organization can really be that leading indicator for your future growth. Um, so just super, super important um, as we think about now how to bring that topic into um, the more strategic conversations for an organization. Exactly. And it's such an, an inspiring topic as well to think if all organizations began to think this way, what might happen in the world? I know it's a little idealistic, but thinking like that, I think that's it's just very inspiring to me. And as you're speaking, it seems like the theme in this revolution is about putting the human back into human resources or human capital. And thinking of our listeners who are people in these roles, what does that really mean and look like? Like, what does that really mean in practice when we're doing that? So, you know, Jenna, I want to start with a personal story to really bring this topic home. And, you know, in teeing this up, one of the reasons why. I've been so excited to join SAP Success Factors to lead the marketing communications message for this business is because I've been personally impacted by the role of human resources and the role of of technology and really being able to put our humanity at work at the center of everything we do. And that personal story of me joining this business actually has been about five years in the making. Um, when five years ago I was diagnosed with cancer, I had a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And when I came back to work after extensive treatment, I read Ariana Huffington's book, Thrive, believe it or not. I actually wrote a blog post about it on LinkedIn. Listeners can, can go and find it. Um, and I wrote about some of the great micro steps that she talked about in her book, um, that really helped me with that transition back to work because, you know, having some meaningful, practical ways for me to really keep my health and well-being really in clarity and focus so that as I was making that shift back to work after that life event, I was able to, um, you know, continue to keep that focus while I was, you know, really getting back in, into the business. And as I think about technology and the shifts in technology from that point in time five years ago to where we are today, a lot of the reasons why this collaboration with, with Thrive and Success Factors is so personally meaningful to me is that I think about if I had had that kind of solution where I had content and practical steps just integrated into my work life in a seamless way. It would have been a lot easier for me in that transition versus searching online for information or, you know, picking up Ariana's book at night to get some of those practical tips. It's a really amazing um, thing that technology can bring in terms of connecting um, solutions and technology and, 
and operationalizing how we can create that culture of well-being and purpose at an individual level to enrich the employee experience, but also what that can do exponentially in an organization to drive the ultimate peak performance. Um, so that's, that's something that, you know, in terms of bringing this topic home, we all experience life events, whether you've had a baby, you might be caring for an elderly parent, you might um, have, you know, a, something going on in your life that's creating stress. We all are dealing with things on a day-to-day -day basis. And now we can think about what is the role of technology in terms of bringing that um, dimension um, and raising that into a level of transparency for organizations to, to put more strategic thought about the overall health of their, of their business and their operations and, you know, the health of their talent as a business. And we firmly believe that if we look at the health of our talent and we look at the health of, of the talent business against all of these forces that we've described in the human revolution, we do believe that companies can harness that information to create competitive advantage in this um, age where, you know, the, the importance of creating a company culture where you can become a magnet for talent. Um, what does that mean for you? And, and how could you actually accelerate your workforce and talent business plan in a way that's keeping pace with um, the competitive pressures for talent out there in the market? Um, so those are just a couple of ways where we see that companies have a huge influence in the lives of their employees and, and in the age of work-life blend, this is not something we can deny. And that companies who really embrace this and make it a force for good are able to accomplish some truly incredible things because they're tapping into the full energies of their workforce so much that they, you know, impact not just their customers' lives, but can do that for the world as well. And I'll just leave you with one example that I'm really inspired by, which is um, you know, a company like uh, Danone, um, who, you know, really looked at how to create the, a company-wide commitment to big projects, you know, with their uh, employee actions to make real impact and making strides on reducing carbon emissions in their supply chain. And they were able to, by em empowering their employees, achieve a 50% reduction in emissions intensity in its value chain. And, and then, um, gold and created bonuses for each employee that they rewarded every year when they hit those those targets. So I just find that's a really amazing and inspiring example for companies to think about how to mobilize their their people strategy into more strategic objectives. And you know, Jenna, your question was how do we put the human back in human resources? And I think Kirsten's answer was such a perfect example of that in action. One of the things we talk about a lot at Thrive is this concept of role modeling. How do you as a leader bring your whole self to work so that you can inspire your teams to be their best? And Kirsten is such a role model in that way by sharing that story, by allowing people to understand that she is a whole human, that she has gone through things outside of it, that she uh, has hobbies um, outside of it. 
that role modeling and that sharing, if you will, is such a critical component of what it means to be human because we really all are on a day-to-day basis. Um, but there's also, in, in combination with that sharing, there's also a listening component. And uh, I'll just share one quick example because I think Kirsten did a great job summarizing all the, the elements that drive humanity in the workplace. But in addition to sharing, what listening means to us is a well-told story of PwC. You know, in the early 2010s, their leadership described what they were going through as crisis-level attrition. And then they, they had this belief within the organization, which is well-documented and published, of that they might not be a workforce for the millennial generation, that their mentality of being the hardest working for their clients and being there at all times for their clients, even if that meant 100-hour weeks, that that mentality was incompatible with the millennial workforce and that they would actually have to do some drastic things if they were going to attract the next generation. But what they decided to do instead of making drastic changes with an assumption, they said, let's listen. And so they partnered with the University of Southern California and London Business School in 2011 and 2012, surveyed about 44,000 employees. And what they found was maybe now unsurprising, but at the time for them revolutionary, in that millennials had no problem working 100-hour weeks. They had no problems working hard. What bothered them was that they were being asked to be in the office at all times. They didn't like this concept that I had to be chained to my desk for 15 hours to get the job done. So what they did, PwC has introduced just one flex day a week to start. People can work from home, work remotely, work from other offices, whatever it might be. And that fundamentally changed the culture of the organization. So they were able to measure just by introducing that first flex day. And then over time, they created more and more flexibility. But they immediately saw that they had zero negative shift in productivity at the firm. And it actually reduced the company's U.S. real estate footprint by a third. So now all of a sudden it became a CFO conversation and a financial conversation, uh, not just, hey, we're doing something nice or a perk. This was actually a fundamental change in the way they did business. And all the, the reason that happened is because they stopped to listen. What does the workforce need to be their most productive self? And so I think that idea of role modeling and sharing your own stories and then really listening and making decisions based on the needs of the employee population are two critical elements of putting humanity back at the center of how we run businesses. I'm glad you both shared that because it sounds like having the personal stories paired with, like you mentioned, the PwC example with the data to show that this does work, this does make an impact on our performance and our productivity would be very important to get buy-in across the board. So thank you so much for sharing your story with me and your and the listeners. Um, going to our next question, I'm curious where organizations are making investments in order to prepare themselves for the human revolution. Kirsten, if you want to kick us off there. Yeah, thanks, Jenna. And, and Ruth, I think you you really hit on something critical, which is that every business transformation is a people transformation. And that allows us to fundamentally change, you know, all business processes, how we operate through the role of technology, um, you know, how we free people up from the repetitive mundane tasks to apply their uniquely human skills of creativity, problem solving, and empathy. And what we see is that this is not just a, you know, it's not a nice to have 
it is a strategic imperative. And when we've talked with CEOs around the world, you know, based on these conversations, every business transformation must have a people talent strategy, a workforce strategy that accompanies it. And when we um, talk to CEOs, you know, the same strategic topics come up for every business leader, including, you know, sustainable business growth um, and how people are needed to expand in new markets, how to deliver great products and services, and all while doing that by minimizing the impact on social, economic, and environmental sustainabilities and to enhance the communities in which we, we do business. You know, the second piece is around this, um, you know, culture of innovation and that you need the people to, to drive the new ideas and create the new business models, you know, ignite that collaboration to see new ways of reaching new customers. Um, it's about creating that ultimate customer experience that we've talked about and, and harnessing your people to inspire a, a great new product or empower them to deliver a great customer experience. And then finally, as Ruth was hitting on, is that there is absolutely a financial impact on the people strategy. So how do you use your people to focus on what matters while reducing your costs and, and boosting the productivity? And so as we think about, you know, how the, the chief human resources officer, the talent and um, recruiting and um, payroll leaders that are out there, you know, how do you look at bringing forward the people's strategic topics to the boardroom level um, objectives to drive those four key pillars of, um, you know, sustainable growth and innovation and experience um, for customers and employees and, and also the financial impact of improving the bottom line. These are, you know, there's some examples that we see where sometimes HR may be left out of these discussions. So as an example, a common business strategy might be around a new location strategy or to expand into a new market. And sometimes this becomes more of a real estate conversation. But it should also be about talent, skill set, and the associated costs around that relocation strategy as it relates to your people. Um, you know, there's also um, examples where, you know, HR is taking the lead on tough business situations in the realm of diversity and inclusion. And, you know, depending on where your diversity, you know, and inclusion strategy sits in your organization, you know, HR may or may not be involved. And so I think, you know, when you think about big topics like this, the role of human resources is so critical because um, it's a function that touches every single employee in an organization. And, um, you know, with the role of technology, it's helping to shift the way we, we do work, the way our work gets done. It impacts every single role, but it also creates opportunities to redefine and reshape these roles and create new ways of working together in, um, in developing and, and creating and strategizing of how you're going to create a more agile workforce in the future. So those are just a couple of ways that we see that organizations are starting to tackle some of these bigger strategic initiatives, Jenna, so that, you know, it, it absolutely elevates the role of, of HR as a function, but also helps to move the business forward in some really important um, strategies that ultimately 
help uh, a CEO achieve their vision and, and success? When we work with SAP success factors, the, we actually follow a 10-factor model on a lot of these topics. And uh, everything Kirsten was saying is so powerful in this realm of one part of that equation. You know, five of those factors for us relate to what we call organizational well-being. Um, and we've shared so many stories in that realm, right, of Danone and, and PwC and this real estate example, which I think is such a good one, of how does HR and the human component get factored into all of that? And those are factors like company purpose, which we've talked about, job and work conditions, leadership actions, team dynamics, um, and organizational practices. There's another piece to it that I think is really important and is near and dear to thrive, especially, and, and we've touched on a little bit, but is worth sharing an example on. And that's the other part of this equation, the other five factors uh, that all revolve around the individual. And this is often forgotten when we talk to the business leaders of an enterprise. And those are factors like how are people taking care of their body, their mind, their connections? Do they have the resources they need to be successful? Are they motivated uh, to, to be their best selves? And those elements are actually so critical at the end of the day as well to a, an enterprise and, and the bottom line, but also to the culture um, and the experience and the innovation uh, capabilities, as Kirsten was saying. And just one quick example there that I think really tells the story so well, um, Mark Bertolini, who's actually on the board of Thrive, uh, you know, well-known leader at Aetna, he found after... Uh, a horrific ski accident that after trying almost every type of treatment, the one thing that really helped accelerate his own recovery was yoga and meditation. And he, as he went through this experience, he asked himself the question, if this could help me recover from this horrific accident and bring my best self to work, what can it do to my entire organization? So when he returned he actually offered yoga and meditation to uh, the employees at Edna and then brought in Duke University to study the impact, right, and ensure they, they are going to study the impact of something like that. And what they found was amazing. So, of course, uh, they had a, a drop in healthcare costs that was around 7%. But what matters, especially in this conversation, is we think about the performance-driven metrics. They found a 69-minute increase in productivity per week for those employees who participated in the wellness program of yoga and meditation versus those who didn't. And that's an important component to us is this we, we focus a lot on the, the systems and processes and organizational structures as business leaders, but we can't forget the individual component. And so as, as Kirsten was sharing her story with the micro steps and those, those small actions that people can take. That's another key component for the things that we're building together with SAP Success Factor is that how do we help leaders create systems and processes that put people at the center, but then how do we give individuals the tools they need to be their best selves at work? And those two pieces coming together, I think, are really what are going to be the elements that help take businesses to the next level. I love that. That's fantastic. And we're about to close, but I want to give you each the opportunity to talk about what do you want people to know or understand about the human revolution um, going forward? You know, we often say at Thrive that people learn through data and stories and everything we do, uh, both ourselves and, and in the partnership work that we have with SAP Success Factors is deeply, deeply rooted in science. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, stories really move us as human beings. You could be the most analytical person, but the story of a transformation, whether it's personal or organizational, is really what moves people to action. And this, at its core, is a storytelling type of conversation. And so for us, um, you know, stories like Kirsten's uh, that, that she shared earlier in the conversation are so powerful of how do our individual experiences help uh, us be better leaders, be help drive organizational effectiveness. Um, and so for, for me, I just encourage people to really share their own stories. So many people out there, especially as I go out and we give people permission to share their stories, there's so much wisdom out there on this topic that I think a lot of people have been afraid to share in the name of, you know, separating their work selves from their life selves. And I do think there's something really powerful in this movement that we're creating where it's all going to start with each and every person listening, each and every person that, you know, between our organizations with Kirsten um, that we touch and inspire, hopefully, to create a movement where organizations that get it now that are on the floor cutting edge like SAP, how do we create, as you said, Jenna, every organization to get to, to the same level of thinking on these topics? And I think a lot of that really starts with if you have a story, don't be afraid to share it. Um, if you see an opportunity in your organization to make a human first decision, people first decision, don't be afraid to do that. And know that you have partners, both on the media and the, the behavior change side like Thrive, but also the technology side like SAP Success Factors. There are tools and expertise out there to help you. We'd be happy to work with your organizations. Um, but the, the key is being the change agents that we want to see in the world because we are creating a movement and we're excited to have others join us on this cause. Yeah, thank you so much, Ruth. And, you know, that call to share stories and creating the culture of caring where we have a safe environment to be able to bring our life experiences I have done into how that can help motivate and create uh, the change that we need to inspire within our workforce. And so one of the things, Jenna, I would say that, uh, as Ruth was saying, you know, really grounding the conversation of data, where we see that, you know, 77% of CEOs see the availability of key skills as the biggest threat to their business. That is the reality of um, what we are faced with in terms of applying the humanity of our work into how do you invest in your people strategy and and make that real from a, a a data perspective, but then also as Ruth so beautifully described, it's about the the inspiration that we can bring through the the powerful stories that each of us have in how we've we've adapted to the changes of the workplace that we described in the human revolution and how we can really um, free people up to apply their human skills of creativity and empathy, because this is what people and organizations desperately want. Our people want to be able to focus on what really matters, and people light up when they can innovate, and they're inspired when they can be creative. And so how do we do that? How can we allow technology to free up that headspace because this is your best opportunity to achieve, you know, true employee engagement and the ultimate people experience. 
And then ultimately that will help you drive greater business performance. And as Ruth uh, said earlier, we're here to help partner with you on that journey um, because it is a journey. It is a transformation, um, but it's important to, you know, start taking the right steps today um, so we can make the best possible impact we can in this lifetime. So Jen, I just really appreciate the opportunity to, um, to share my story. And I encourage everybody to share your stories as well. We've, we've built a content hub on Thrive Global. You can also, if you want to share your stories and your social media channels, um, hashtag human revolution, we'll, we'll pick up on that as well. Uh, but go to the Thrive Global Content Hub as the first stop and see some of the amazing stories that we've heard from our customers uh, and through other uh, HR leaders like yourselves and our own people in SAP who share their stories to start um, the movement and creating that safe environment where we can all learn from one another. I've certainly learned from both of you today. So thank you so much for being here. Jenna, thank you so much for hosting this session. And Ruth, as always, your partnership in our storytelling, as well as the technology uh, strategy that we're driving together to, to uh, bring to the market. So excited to always be with you. So thank you. Likewise, always a pleasure to be in conversation with you, Kirsten, and all the great work we've done together. We're looking forward to 2019. And Jenna, thank you for having us. I'm glad we could have this conversation. And listeners, be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed today's episode. You can find HCI on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the YouTube channel, HCI Talent. If you're listening on iTunes, we'd love to get your rating and review. It helps other professionals discover the program. I'd like to close by saying thank you to our listeners for spending some time with us. For all of HCI, thanks for listening.